the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton. Well, hello and welcome back to Together for Good. This show is being brought to you by the Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio as a part of our mission to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Baptist heritage by encouraging and funding health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. Through Together for Good, we connect our audience to the great work these organizations do in our community. Well, imagine, everybody, for a moment that you're a child in the American foster care system. You were removed from your birth family in a sudden upheaval that you didn't fully understand. You have lived in a couple of different places now, and each time you've moved, you've ended up in a strange room in a stranger's home. At first, your caseworker was your lifeline, the only person you could talk to who knew what was happening, how the rest of your family was doing, or where you were headed next. But she stopped being a caseworker after a couple of years. And since then, you've been with several different caseworkers, none of whom you've really connected with. You're adrift without a safe harbor. And since you are just a kid, you really can't control any of your life. But there is some good news. In Texas, 74 separate community organizations work under the umbrella of Texas CASA, and their goal is to provide each foster child with a stable, supportive adult who is dedicated to ensuring their needs are met. Well, one such organization is Child Advocates San Antonio, and today we have Angela White, President and CEO, to tell us more. Angie has been with Child Advocates San Antonio for three years. She has a background in both corporate and nonprofit leadership. And has a great passion for amplifying the voices of abused and neglected children. She's originally from the United Kingdom and a proud dual citizen. Angie, we are grateful to have you on our program today. It is an honor. Well, it's my honor. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's just get started here. Uh, What is a court-appointed special advocate? So... It's funny you should ask. (laughs) A court-appointed special advocate is known as a CASA, generally speaking, and that's how they're written into legislation. But they're a volunteer who's been trained to support a child in the foster care system. Our advocates, trained by all the agencies within Texas, do all they can to support the children. They build relationships with them, ensure they receive all the medical services, educational services, school supplies, anything they need. The CASA also keeps families seeing each other. So siblings, oftentimes, as you said, um, when you're removed from your home, you may not be with your siblings anymore. Mm. And there's a trauma to that, obviously. Um, Children want what's familiar. So however their family life was, 
sometimes they want that back. So one of our biggest joys is when we get children to stay with their biological families. It doesn't have to be mom and dad, but biological family so the children can keep their roots there. And our advocates are very influential in that regard. Mm-hmm. Angie, can you give us an idea of how many foster children uh, does your organization serve? So last year we served 1,053, and this year we're on target to serve over 1,300 children. What we're also doing, CASA traditionally has served children who are coming into a court case for the first time. So they're called temporary managing conservatorship. What we're doing is moving our focus somewhat to serve children who've been in the foster system for a long time. Um, permanent children that the state is still their mom and dad and they're not living in a home and they don't have a home environment. So we are turning our attention more to those children as well. Mm -hmm. Can you describe the different placement options for children in foster care? Yeah, well, as I said, we hope that when children are removed from their homes, they get to stay with their relatives, grandma, granddad, auntie, uncle, and they're known as kinship placements. That's what we really hope for them. And um, there can also be people like family. So if your next door neighbor's children has always been best friends with your child and something happens, they're also classed as kinship family. So a person a child has a prior relationship with, that is what we aim for. After that is foster care, but again, a family environment. The last thing we want is a child in somewhere that doesn't feel like a family home. But then there are other organisations, so group residential homes. Roy Mass is an excellent one here and out in Burnie, and also SJRC. And they have various levels of care. Sometimes our children need a little bit more mental health care or a little bit more medical care than a standard foster home or maybe even family can give. So there are options at that point. But they're not our last option because they're great places, but we really want children in a family environment. Mm-hmm. Angie, we've, we've all heard about children in foster care, sleeping in offices and hotels in Texas. I mean, is that still happening at this point? Not the offices, for sure, because that was made illegal. So not the offices. Um, They are staying in hotels, though, or unlicensed homes if there's no other option. Usually... That can be when children first come in, but we also have a lot of children in the long-term care of the state that are running away, a lot of our teens. Um, And our teenagers also have the right to refuse placements. So some of them quite like staying in the hotels. So I know it's put out as it's a failing sometimes of the system, but we can get Chick-fil-A in a hotel, (laughs) you know, and things like that. So we have in Bear County at the moment, there are 12 children that are in the so-called children without placement category um, that may be living in hotels or unlicensed placements. And there are more than that in other areas of Texas, but that's what our, what facing today. We did have 40 or 50 about a couple of years ago. So it's certainly getting better. Mm-hmm. Angie, after a child is removed from their parents or guardians, uh, what happens? I mean, how long before a CASA is involved? So um, what happens originally is the police will get involved and then they will call Child Protective Investigations. The investigations unit will then go out to the home and make a decision whether to remove the children or not, and they need judicial support and police support to do that. After about two weeks, there's a hearing called a 262 in which a judge gets involved and says, yes, this was a correct removal, or no, it wasn't, after looking at the paperwork, the affidavits, etc. At that point, the judges of Bear County will request a CASA to be involved. 
all our cash advocates are sworn in by the court and we all have the same rights as a guardian ad litem because of the report that we have now from the judge. So they allow us all the benefits of being a guardian ad litem and our judges are so supportive of CASAs. They want to hear from us, they want to hear from the relationship we have with the children. So that's, that's usually a couple of weeks and then we work as quickly as possible to connect the right advocate to the child because that's also very important. Mm-hmm. Can you drill down a little bit more about why CASAs are needed? Yeah, um, I wish they weren't, is the actual answer. I wish there wasn't a need for this in our society. Um, Sadly, I don't see a time that there won't be. um, So I wish there wasn't, is the first thing to say. But what our advocates do is step into the gap with a child. So oftentimes caseworkers, as you mentioned at the beginning, great introduction, by the way, um, caseworkers are turning over, they can come and go. What our CASAs commit to is being at least there for the length of the case for that child. And some, some of our CASAs do various cases and multiple cases. But what they do is stand in the gap. They act as an interpreter for the child between what's happening in the court system and what's happening for them. We are there for the child's best interests. We work with the family and everybody else, but our job is to stand for that child. We make sure the children are heard. Um, oftentimes, in your introduction, you said, you know, children moving placements. At the moment, children are moving four to 16 times a year. And what our CASAs will do, will sometimes transport the children to the new place. They'll make sure they know they're still there and available for them. And what sometimes is forgotten is the trauma of removal is real. The trauma of what was happening to the child in the home may not have been right. Oftentimes, obviously, is not. But the trauma of removal is also a thing, and a lot of our children suffer from guilt because of that. So our advocates work really hard on building trusting relationships so healing from trauma can start. It only heals in a relational context, and that's, I'm very proud of our advocates and volunteers for that. And just and the interesting thing for our children is they know our advocates don't get paid to do what they do. Mm-hmm. They're very aware they're volunteers, and oftentimes they'll say, no, they're with me just because they really like me, and they're very proud of that, um, as opposed to you getting paid to offer me a service. There's something different in the power balance between that when they know that person is just showing up for them. Yeah. Makes a difference. Well, it's all about the relationship. Absolutely. That they're building. Absolutely. So a lot of this sounds awfully legal. Uh, so qualification-wise, <laughs> I mean, does somebody need to have some legal background, or you know, what are you looking for in a CASA? I'm looking for somebody age over 21 okay. who preferably can drive and are motivated to serve children. At CASA, we do 36 hours of training with all our volunteers. That's up front. So that's over three or four weeks. Then they'll get sworn in by the court because you can't have a case until the judge says you've been sworn in. And then that's it, really. We will support you all the way. So initial training. Then we have an advocate supervisor. All our, None of our volunteers are left alone. They all have an advocate supervisor. The advocate supervisors have team managers. So all we need is for somebody to really have a passion for this and to want to help a child. We need all ages, all creeds, everybody, mm-hmm. because our children come from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll connect with different kinds of people. We just had a great class, actually. We just swore in 28 advocates on Friday, um, which is just amazing. And all different kinds of people, just just delightful. Mm -hmm. Have a heart for it. Good, good. Can you can you talk a little bit about the time commitment? Because that seems like that can be a short time commitment or it could be long. I mean, depending on the child. Sure. And that's that is a fair point. (laughs) So 
a case may have several children or it may be one child and that impacts the amount of time it will take. I was a CASA advocate in Montgomery County for five years and from my experience it took 10 to 15 hours on average and I had teenage children, I was working a full-time job. Um, it can be done and it's the reciprocity, it's mm. the joy. We all, you know, all advocates I think get into this because you want to help a child. What you get back from it is just incredible and um, we don't talk about that perhaps enough mm. uh, but my advocates will talk to you about it all day mm-hmm. long and it was certainly the case for me so t- about 10 to 15 hours on average you okay. can do it okay come on cody <laughs> <laughs> well all right if you're just joining us this is together for good brought to you by the baptist health foundation of san antonio i'm your host cody knowlton and today we're talking with angie white president and ceo of child advocate san antonio we're discussing the casa program and how beneficial it is to children within the foster care system so yes that that time commitment uh, i want to come back to that that you know you make time for what is important to you and what yes, you're passionate you about. And it's amazing the capacity uh, that the Lord gives you to do that. So I'll just dovetail what, what you said there. So um, let's go back to the CASAs. I mean, how long do most of them serve? So an average case lasts between 12 and 18 months. Now, that's a case that's the first case and is just coming into the system, that, that first temporary managing conservatorship case. If people want to work with children who've been in the system for a longer term, that can take longer. Obviously, we're trying to find family. We're trying to get these kids set up to age out and keep going to school and all those things. So that can take longer, but the court process itself is less intense. Hmm. So really, it depends on people's interests. We ask people, though, to stay for that. Once you have a case, to stay for the length of that case. We cannot be another person that walks away from a child. Yep. And that, that really is a heartfelt commitment of CASA. We know life happens. We'll support you to get through it. But we don't want that child losing another person. That's right. That's right. Angie, what happens when a child ages out of the foster care system? I mean, do they lose uh, the connection to their CASA? Some of my CASAs, I can't get to disconnect with their children they, their connection with them is so strong we don't want them to joking aside they don't have to stay connected after the court case that's completely up to them but oftentimes they do stay connected and it's not just aging out it's if the child is adopted or you know is in long-term placement to adopt or goes to live with grandma or family which is what we want oftentimes the castle will remain involved with the family with the child just because of the relationship they've had and you know they both just love each other a little bit mm-hmm. so it, it's nice to stay um the aging out we try really hard and the court system here is excellent to get kids into school and staying in college we have the bear county fostering education success initiative program with utsa and all the colleges in the area is led by utsa but all the schools are involved um, so we work really hard as well to keep involved if those children you know you know it's like your own children have gone to school you know they don't settle very quickly sometimes so the castle will often stay involved as well even after they've aged out yeah they have a relationship mm. I would imagine there's times when being a CASA could be hard. Uh, So talk about the emotional toil that there could be with, you know, a particular child in a particular case. Well, our children are not in the system for no reason. Things have happened to these children and trauma has happened to them. And the most loving people in the world sometimes will be shocked by what happens and what a child discloses. So, yes, there can be an emotional context to that. We work very hard to keep our advocate supervisors aligned with our volunteers. 
we are renovating a building in order to create a space that volunteers can come together mm-hmm. and have peer support with each other. Mm-hmm. I said the cases are more complex at the moment, and I'm really interested in getting secondary trauma in place for our advocates because it, because it's true. And then I lean into nothing worth doing is easy. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. But imagine how much harder it was for the child. And so we work really hard when we're interviewing people to make sure we're not going to cause them any triggers or do anybody any harm. But yes, it can be emotional. Mm. I did five cases. I did all really intensive abuse cases of small children. And it can be really hard. Mm. But the reciprocity, again, when these children start to thrive and come back and be in good, healthy places, is worth it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I know that's hard. Do do CASAs ever end up fostering or adopting, you know, their assigned children? Well, we certainly don't promote that. (laughs) However, it has happened. Mm -hmm. Our lovely um, state rep, John Luhan, in fact, adopted two of his CASA children. Um, it's It's a beautiful story. He went to Houston. There were two brothers meant to be being adopted. And at the last minute in the courtroom, the adoptive person pulled out. And Mr. Luhan, lovely wow. man that he is, stepped in and there is adopted boys and have been for some time. Mm. Um, he's not the only story, but it's, it's a great story. But we don't recommend it and it's certainly not something we promote. So to be a caster advocate, don't think you're going to end up adopting a child. That's not, that's not really what it's about. But it happens. So because you touched on stories, would love to hear another story from you about one of your casas or one of the kids. Yes, there's so many. We had um, a young man who'd been in the custody of the state permanent managing conservatorship for some time, um, quite some time. And we run a collaborative family engagement program, which when we get involved with children who've been in the system a long time, we try and find family. Um, So this young man, his mother and father had split up. There was addiction involved when he was young and he'd gone in the system. We found his dad and his father's now was healthy and well and remarried and said, of course, I want my son. And he was 16 and went to live with his dad. Mm. And that wouldn't have happened without CASA because nobody else is looking at that. The pressure for everybody else is too much. So nobody else is looking at that. And then we had a lovely story. A little girl was very, a baby, very badly hurt um, in her story. Um, and we didn't think she was going to make it. Um, and she is, she's well. So let me say that. I just go back to, I went to visit her in the hospital. I have never seen as many tubes and equipment in a little body in my life. Mm. Um, we didn't think she was going to do well. But the people, the chaplain at the hospital, we had her christened um, in her faith and, and all the things. And she pulled through and is currently adopted by that chaplain. Oh, praise the Lord. Which is just, you can't write that. You, you, those are the stories that you just think, wow. Another young woman has turned into this amazing, beautiful artist. She did um, a painting for us for our gala, but called the Faceless Angel, which is how she refers to as her casas. And the lady that ended up adopting her was dating her uncle at one point. And so no family relation, but they knew each other well. And her story, she used to struggle with food insecurity. Um, so would keep food in, in her mouth and damaged herself and has had surgeries for that. But today, despite all the things she went through, and hers is that really hard story, she's just a sweet, beautiful young woman who has got this incredible talent. And I wonder, 
without somebody walking alongside her, and her and her casa are super close, super tight, um, without her, would we have ever got there? Would we have seen her God-given potential come out? And the painting she gave to us was bought at our auction by another group that supports us called Constructor Kids, um, and they donated it back to Casa. So I have it in our office, and it's just, it just inspires us, mm. you know, to carry on the work that we're doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so uh, a hot topic that I'm going to go ahead and throw out there, and I know you'll answer it the best you can, but are you seeing any changes to the foster care system um, in Texas? I mean, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Kind of, or where do you think things are? So in 2021, House Bill 567 was passed, which changed how and why children could be removed from their homes. Now, I have to preface this with we don't want children removed when they don't need to be. However, what it has created and what we are seeing is more complex cases than we saw before. Mm. The other thing and impact of that particular bill is if a child was in a sibling group, there's four children in the family, we were seeing the first child being removed, but not the other three because Mm. it changed the way you could do that. And then we have a second case come up with perhaps the other children. So it's good that children may stay in their home when it's possible and when it's safe, and we need to make all the things we can do to keep that child safe in a home and keep them with a family. But that doesn't mean that the cases we see following this system change are not more complex. Mm. I do think Bear County will be privatising its child welfare system in February, March 2025. Um, with the organisation that already has the surroundings to Bear County. Mm. So we're hopeful that may make some changes, um, good, bad, indifferent, but changes are happening in the privatisation of the system. And it's to allow really child welfare services to get back to being investigators mm. and not being parents. Um, so we're hoping that will that will create some good change. But obviously we're still in the middle of a 13-year now lawsuit. Uh-huh. And, you know, it, it gets noisy and... One child dying in the system is one child too many. Are there upstream issues, Angie, that need to be addressed? I mean, you know, ways that can prevent CPS from ever having to open a case in the first place? Yeah, I think parent education is one. We see, as you know, used to run Alpha Home, mm-hmm. um, which is an addiction agency. And we see a lot of women come in there that were never parented. So they don't know how to parent. And they were introduced to drugs and alcohol at an early age for nefarious reasons often. But we have to start educating and having grace. And it's very easy to say, take the shame and stigma away, but, but it's true. We need people to reach out for help. There are wonderful services in San Antonio, just amazing group of other CEOs, peer group CEOs that I work with. But we've got to get people to the services. Mm. Um, I think stress is a really difficult one where people just, they've had too much and they snap and there was one incident. Poverty, you know, if people are working three jobs, that's hard to be at home and look after a child, but they're trying to put food on the table. So they think they're doing the right thing, which they are. I have a bit of a bit of a soapbox. I have a thing with meeting people where they're at. Unless you're on a bus and you have supplies in your bus and education and all the things, you're not meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Our, our people are getting two or three buses to take children to um, counselling, perhaps, or, you know, the things. Our, our CASA advocates transport children so we can go get them and we can transport, but it's unusual. But I think 
We just, we need to get upstream of education. We need to break the generation cycles. I always say CASA is in the earliest form of prevention there is because we're teaching children not, this isn't the right way, right? Yeah. That what happened to you wasn't right. You didn't deserve it. And this is how you can be different. And then we model behavior. Hmm. So. Angie, how can the community support Child Advocate San Antonio? I mean, donations. Come volunteer. Come, oh, volunteer. That's come a good idea. Come volunteer. Come be an advocate. Um, Just yeah. go to the website. Yeah, go to the, the website, casa.satx.org. Okay. Um, sign up for an information session. Learn more. And my hmm. great team will do that for you. No obligation. No obligation. Okay. Just come along. Have a listen. We've been hmm. doing that at various places across the city, which is a new move for us. Um, and have been very successful in that. So, obviously, financial donations are always beneficial and helpful mm-hmm. and wonderful. Um, our building, we are putting a library in the building. We're putting a boutique in the building. It's all, it's all happening. My building is upside down. Um, <laughs> and we're having an art therapy suite, a teaching kitchen. So we're opening, we're going to widen our volunteer lens, not just to advocates, but also to volunteers that can serve in that capacity as well. well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so lots you can do. Well, Angie, we're grateful you joined us today. And uh, as is our custom on Together for Good, we pray, you know, for each guest who comes on our show. And Wonderful. I can't think of someone in, in another organization that doesn't need prayer more than your organization for the Thank impact you. you're making on the next generation and on children who are in significantly impactful situations that some of us can't imagine. So thank you for what y'all do. And let me offer a word of prayer for you. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you for this day. We thank you for Child Advocate San Antonio, for the CASAs that do incredible work in the courtroom and in the home and uh, with the child. And so we pray for this organization, for the volunteers who come alongside children to help them move forward in their journey. And um, we just pray that uh, Angie and her organization will get the volunteers they need and that there will never be a shortage of volunteers that can come alongside children to help and so we pray for him, pray for uh, everything going on with this organization and that uh, Angie would lead well. We lift this up to you and we just praise your name in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, Angie, thank you for coming in today. As I've said before, we're grateful for you and all the staff and volunteers at Child Advocate San Antonio and your support of children who truly have no one they can count on means so much. So way to go. Listeners, we're grateful for you. We're grateful you listened today. We hope you've been encouraged by the work being done in the community to improve the lives of our neighbors. And as always, you can catch our episodes any way you get your podcast or by visiting Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio's website, and that's bhfsa.org forward slash together for good. We'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits in our area. God bless and take care, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.